Hello and welcome to 21st Precinct from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Sergeant Burns. Yeah, that's right. We want an ambulance up here at the station house. What's that? Oh, yeah. An injured prisoner. Well, who gave it to you? CB? We got no you name in the master room at the 21st Precinct. Well, how's the nerve will be here? A call is coming well, through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct. Well, he'll have to go to Bellevue. He's a prisoner. Okay. Yeah. We'll be looking for them. 21st Precinct. It's just lines on a map of the city of New York. Most of the 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of the square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River wouldn't know if you asked them that they lived or worked in the 21st. Whether they know it or not, the security of their homes, their persons, and their property is the job of the men of the 21st Precinct. The 21st, 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants, and four lieutenants of whom I'm the boss. My name is Kennelly, Frank Kennelly. I'm captain in command of the 21st. I was working my night tour, 4 p.m. to 8 a.m. The weather was cold and still. After a brief flurry of activity between 8 and 10 p.m., including a two-alarm fire on 2nd Avenue, a bad auto accident on the East River Drive, and the attempted robbery of a delicatessen on 86th Street, things quieted down. I turned out the platoon for the 12 to 8 at midnight and went on patrol of the precinct. Things were still quiet. At 1.35 a.m., Lieutenant Patrick Gorman was on duty as desk officer at the station house, and Sergeant Fred Burns sat at the telephone switchboard. The stillness was broken occasionally by the hum of the switchboard or a call over the monitor of KEA, the police radio. Remember which way you went. 
See if he's got a car. All right. Officers will be there right away. What have you got, Sergeant? A lady with burglars, Lieutenant. Communications Bureau, Patrolman Donahue. This is Sergeant Burns, the 21st. Will you send a car to 194 East 68th? A woman rang in on the call box and said there was a prowler in her apartment. She's waiting on the street at the call box. Okay, right away. One burglar? How many does she need? Car 681, car. Car 3, Patrolman Paul Vaccaro, operator, and Patrolman William Coley, recorder, they started on the three-block run to 194 East 68th Street. Following instructions in the manual of procedure, they did not sound the siren in order to approach the scene quietly and apprehend the criminal, if any. I don't see her, Coley. Maybe she's standing around the corner. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there she is. Yes, that was me. You see the one? Yeah. Which building is it? That one across the street. How do you know it was a burglar? Well, I, I had this date, and I, I came home. I, I went upstairs and opened the door, and he was in the apartment. Uh-huh. Didn't he jump when you opened the door? I don't think he heard me open the door. Did you see anyone come out of the building? No, not at all. The street door locked? Yes. Give me your key, miss. Oh, yes. Uh, here. Which apartment is it? 2A, the second floor right at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Does this key fit the door upstairs, too? Yes. Oh, uh, you better wait down here in the hall, huh? All right. Right here. Okay, Cody? Yeah, let's go. Get set. She may be right. I'm set. Hey, the door's standing open. Yeah. Yeah, she must have left it that way. Designer. This is a client. All right, let's go in. We went to a nightclub, and 
He just took me in the downstairs to... Oh, man. Is your burglar, Miss Candace? Get in here. Oh, should I know? I don't know. I got in, that's all. Are you looking for a drink? I don't know. Look, Toby, this is Miss Candace. Do you know this man, Miss Candace? No. How would I know him? Nobody knows me, nobody. Oh, look. Oh, my two fifths of 12 year old Scott. I got them for Christmas and I was saving them. He would rather have had canned heat, Miss Candace. Oh. What's your name, mister? Uh, I had a name. I, I did honestly. Uh, what is it? I had one. All right, now, come on. Let's have some answers. Yeah, sure, sure. What's your name? You don't have to talk to him like that, do you? How else would you talk to him, lady? Suppose he would have hit you over the head when you came in. He might have if he hadn't found a whiskey first. How'd you get in, Pop? I live here. You do not. I do. I've always lived here, right here. I'd better ring in, Lucara. Yeah, go ahead. This is my home. Can I use your phone, Miss Camden, to call the station? Yes, uh, right over there. It's all mine. Fine, thanks. I can come in my own house, drink my own whiskey, can I? Oh, it's not just I didn't do it. How'd you get in? I know. Where do you live? 21st Precinct, Sergeant Burke. This is Coley, Sergeant. Oh, yeah? What you got there? Well, there was a prowler in the place, all right. We got him. Any trouble? He was asleep in the chair, Sergeant. He's a rummy. How'd he get in? Well, that's what we're trying to find out. If we can ever get him down to earth enough to talk sense. All right, come on in here with him when you get through there. Yes, sir. Oh, uh... Yes, Sergeant? The captain heard the call in the air. He rang in here to ask what it was. I told him we hadn't heard you. He's probably on his way there. Okay, Sergeant. I have another call, Coley. Yes, sir. Bye. Now, come on, Pop. Sit up straight there and talk to me. Uh, my house. My house. Maybe you need some coffee. He needs a lot more than coffee, Miss Come Cameron. on, Pop. How did you get in here? I live here. It's my house. The captain called Oh, look out. Captain. Coley. Captain. Well, what do we got? This is Miss Camden, Captain Kennelly. Hello. Miss Camden. Sit up, Pop. Uh, uh, she came home and found him in the place. Oh, look, you'll pass out again. I don't know who he is or how he got in. He found a liquor and did away with two bottles of prize guys. A Christmas gift. Oh, uh, Merry Christmas. How'd you get in here, mister? My house. I live here at mine. Now look, Pop, we played around long enough. How'd you get in and what are you doing here? I live now, here. come off it, will you? I do, I guess. inside the apartment of the fashion designer, Miss Audrey Camden, was taken to the station house by patrolman Coley and Vaccaro. The victim, Miss Camden, was told that it might be necessary to appear in court at a later date as complaining witness. She agreed. As I resume my other duties, the arresting officers escorted their prisoner, slightly recovered but still rather unwieldy, into the front door of the station house at 2.23 a.m. All right, Pop, go in. Interest in my commendation? Here he is, Lieutenant. Better take him upstairs and let the detective talk to him, Coley. He's not in much of a talking mood, Lieutenant. What are you doing, huh? Stand on your own two feet. Better take him up anyway. Uh, okay, Lieutenant. Who's making the collar? You, Coley? Yes, sir. Okay, give my hand upstairs, the car. Yes, sir. All right. And come back down and report to the captain. He has to ride up to the 23rd. Yes, sir. All right, come on, Flap. No, I don't want to go over. Hey, All right, now, steady, steady. All right. <laughs> 
go for your meal now, huh? Come on, Pop. Come on. Don't let me alone. Well, just walk. We let you alone. You're through the door. That way. No, I didn't do nothing. I was in my own house. You're living in the dream world, Pop. You should stick to bay rum. That scotch is poison. Go on, up the stairs. I live there. Upstairs. Go ahead. Do. Well, you live here now. Get going, will you? I bought the furniture. I paid the rent. And the telephone and the lights for everything? Yeah, for everything except the scotch. Scotch, too? The scotch, too? Upstairs. Scotch, too? Will you pop scotch and rye and gin? What? No beer? Beer, too? Are you living, Pop? Come on, Pop. You can do better than that. Go ahead. Just right to that door. Detective. Johnny First Squad. Detective. Is that where I'm going? You're there. Inside. Go on. 
That's the question whether it's from the whiskey or the fall. Well, the both, I guess. Pop? I ought to call downstairs and have the ring for an ambulance. Yeah. Come on, Pop. Nothing. You better call. He doesn't look so good to me. An ambulance was called and the prisoner was removed to Bellevue Hospital for treatment of a head injury and acute alcoholism. According to Article 24 of the Manual of Procedure, in any unusual occurrence concerning a prisoner, including such an injury, it is contingent upon the commanding officer of the precinct to make a complete and thorough investigation. In response to a radio call, I returned to the station house from the 23rd precinct where I was making an inspection as senior officer on night duty in the division. By the time I finished my interview with Detective Kinney, Patrolman Coley had returned from Bellevue where he had accompanied the prisoner in the ambulance. I talked to him. The incident appeared unavoidable. I instructed the desk officer to check Bellevue every hour to inquire about the condition of the prisoner. It wasn't until 7.30 a.m. that the doctor said he would allow questioning. After I turned out the platoon for the 8-4 to tour, I rode down to Bellevue with Lieutenant Matt King, commanding officer of the 21st Detective Squad. We drove into the hospital grounds at 26th Street and 1st Avenue and went by special elevator directly to the prison ward on the second floor of I Building. We identified ourselves to the Department of Correction guard, and he opened the steel door and admitted Lieutenant King and me to the ward. Thanks. This way. In there. Okay, thanks. Okay, he's been washed, fed, and he's a new man. Almost. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, how do you feel this morning? All right. Not bad. I'm Captain Kennelly. This is Lieutenant King. Yes? You gave the name of George Jones at the station house last night. That's not your real name, is it? No. What is? Jetley. George Jetley. Where do you live? No place. No place in particular. Do you remember what occurred in the detective squad office upstairs? Not too well. Do you remember how you got hurt? I remember I wanted my key. I wanted to get it. I fell, I think. I fell and hit myself. Where were the officers when you fell? They were right there. They tried to help me, but I fell anyway. I think that's what happened. I had a lot to drink. Why did you break into that woman's apartment last night? I didn't break into any place. Well, that's where you were found. No, I didn't break in. I used my key. Where'd you get the key? Well, it's mine. How'd you know it fit that particular door? I knew. How? Oh, I used to live there a long time ago. In that apartment? Yeah, right there. When? Oh, a long time ago. Before the war. Way before the war, 19... 35, 36. Come on, George, you didn't live there. Where'd you steal the key? I didn't steal it. It's mine. I used to live there. It didn't mean any harm. I just wanted to see if she was still there. Who? My wife. My boy. I got a son. He's 22 now. 22. Did you expect to find them there? I didn't know what to expect. You see, I, I was away. I, I didn't know. Have you ever looked for them? No. I was away. Away where? Oh, California, Minnesota, Chicago, every place. What made you think they'd still be there? I didn't think. I just hoped. You, uh, you lived there in 1935, 36? 
Yes. Well, what have you been doing since? Bumming around, just bumming around. And you haven't been in touch with your family? No, you, you see, she told me to get out. She said she was tired of my going off on tears every so often, hitting the bottle all the time, staying away three or four days, losing my job all the time. I had good jobs, very good jobs. Doing what? I was an editor, book editor. I was good. Publishers always used to say, George, you're a crackerjack. Just lay off the bottle, that's all. Just lay off. And my wife, she said the same thing. She didn't want me around the boy like that, you know. She, she said next time it happens and I got like that, I didn't have to bother to come home. Well, then I was all right. I was all right for a long time. First thing I realized, I was in Philadelphia in a hotel. She said if it ever happened again, don't come home, so I didn't. Didn't you come back to New York at all? No, she didn't want me. I didn't think there was any use, so I just started bumming around. All these years? Yeah, all these years. The only thing I kept was the key... You know, you get drunk and guys roll you for whatever you got in your pockets. They didn't steal my key, though. I, I got $2 and I bought a little silver chain. Wore it around my neck. All these years, I wore the key around my neck. When did you get back to New York? Oh, a couple of days ago, I don't know. Decided to come uptown and just walk by to see what the place looked like. Just walk by but I didn't have the courage. I had a couple of dollars for some dishwashing I did, so I bought some wine just to get courage. I guess it gave me too much courage. I used my key and got into the downstairs door, and I went upstairs. I was going to open the door and walk in and say, here I am. She wasn't there. And then the whole place was different and not my furniture or anything. Oh, I just found the whiskey and sat down and drank it. I, I didn't mean to do any harm. Well, you certainly did some harm. Yeah, I know. Would you tell the lady I'm sorry? I am sorry. You know I am. Yes, I guess I do. You want to find your family? No, why should I do that? Why should I break in on their lives now? I, I want to, yeah. Uh, they're probably happy. I'd only bring them trouble. That's all. Look, now, you, you do me a favor if you just leave me George Jones. Forget about George Jetley. George Jetley should be dead and buried. He not only should be, he is. After the interview was completed, Lieutenant King and I returned to the station house, where before I went off duty, I was obliged to prepare a 49 reporting the facts and circumstances involved in the injury of the prisoner. On the way uptown, Lieutenant King and I talked about the case. We agreed that the charge of burglary against George Jetley would not stand up in court. Burglary involves unlawful entry with intent to commit a felony. In this instance, the intent was lacking. From 42nd Street almost to the station house, we rode in silence. I don't know what Matt King was thinking about, but I had George Jetley on my mind. The dregs of humanity are being washed up constantly. It's not hard to be sympathetic when you think that it might happen to anyone, even yourself. Just before we arrived at the station house, we started talking again. 
We agreed that a conviction for unlawful entry, a misdemeanor carrying an indeterminate sentence, might be the best thing for Jetley. A term in jail with its attendant medical treatment might be a step toward rehabilitation, if rehabilitation was at all possible. As we walked up the stairs and into the muster room, I suggested to Lieutenant King that he request the missing persons bureau to make a discreet inquiry concerning the wife and son of the man. There was a good possibility they'd welcome a reunion. Well, I've got to get upstairs, Captain. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see you, man. I'll let you know what missing person says about his family. All right. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Burns. Oh, hello, Captain. Sergeant. All right, 27. That uh, lady is waiting for you, Captain. Oh. Written and directed by Stanley Niss. Produced for CBS Radio by John Ives. Art Hannah speaking.